Tonight we enter the holiest days of the year, the Easter Triduum. On Saturday evening, there is a large number of people in this community, including some of you who are here, who are going to stand up and say, you've come to believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. You're gonna be baptized and you're going to receive the other sacraments of initiation. The rest of us, Saturday night or Sunday, will stand up in public and say, we have been baptized. We believe that Jesus is the savior of the world. We are his disciples. The goal beginning tonight is for all of us to enter into the mystery and the reality of who Jesus really is and what salvation really is so that on Saturday night and Sunday, we can be most open to the reality of who he is and what salvation is. We've talked about this many times. I encourage you to just enter into these liturgies. Just have your mind open and your heart open and perhaps ask yourself, what is happening today, tomorrow, Saturday, and what is Jesus doing? I encourage you to take home that program because you'll have the readings then and the prayers that you can focus on at least for the next hours of Thursday into Friday. During Lent, we heard over and over again at Sunday Mass and in other liturgies about the Exodus, which is in the 13th century before Christ, when our Jewish ancestors are freed from slavery in Egypt. It's the most powerful reality of salvation for our Jewish ancestors. They know for sure that God enters into their slavery God frees them from slavery, and God calls them to go to a new land, a promised land, the land of Canaan. Right as those events are about to begin, God gets very specific with his chosen people. God isn't floating light years away from us. God is very involved in their lives. What God tells them to do is what we heard in that first reading, sacrifice a lamb, eat the lamb, take the blood of the lamb and mark the doors of your house. The angel of death will pass over the homes of the people who are saved. And God says from the very beginning with this Passover meal, kill the lamb, eat the flesh, mark the doors with its blood, that you're to keep this every year as a perpetual institution. Every single year, faithful Jewish people, which they'll do beginning, I think, tomorrow, Passover begins, will do this over and over again. If I were a Jewish person 2,000 years ago or today, I think I would ask, why? Why are we doing this over and over again to remember something that was a couple thousand years ago? Why is it a perpetual institution? And also I think I would ask, is there something more to come than this meal? 2,000 years ago, in the fullness of time, God so loved the world that God didn't just save one group of people from slavery in one country, and invite them to go to another country. God so loved the world 2,000 years ago that God saved the entire human race from slavery to all sin, everything that separates us from God. 
and invited us not to a new country, but to a completely new life and a new land that's eternal. Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God who about 2,000 years ago came to this entire world to save the entire human race from all slavery to sin and death and to lead us to the fullness of life now and eternally. When Jesus was about to enter into that salvation, quite like 13 centuries before for our Jewish ancestors, Jesus gets really specific. God works through Jesus in a very specific way. This is what we're celebrating tonight. Right before he enters into his passion, death, and resurrection, which is how salvation comes, Jesus pulls together his closest friends for the Passover meal, that same meal. He enters into that meal in which bread and wine are blessed every year, and he completely blows it open. He takes the bread, he blesses it, and then he says what we heard in that second reading, this is my body, eat it. He takes wine and he blesses it. And instead of just passing it around, he says, this is my blood, drink it. And then he goes off and he gets killed and his blood gets poured out. And through that, ultimately, he brings salvation into this world. God is so involved in the details of the world that it turns out that lamb that gets sacrificed 13 centuries before is just telling us about the lamb, Jesus, who gets sacrificed. It turns out that that lamb blood that gets put on the doors of our Jewish ancestors turns out to be pointing to the blood of Jesus that gets poured out to try to free everybody, to save everybody. And it turns out at that Last Supper that when Jesus takes the bread and wine and through the power of the Holy Spirit changes it into the real presence of himself, it's not a lamb, an animal, to eat. It turns out that the Lamb of God gives us himself to eat so that he can be fully within us. When the Son of God enters into saving you, he gets very specific. At the heart of what Jesus does before he saves you, he does not hand you a Bible. Just before Jesus enters into saving you, he does not give you a set of moral principles. Just before Jesus goes to save you, he gives you the Eucharist. He gives you the fullness of himself, and he gives all of us the sacrament of holy orders to make that possible. When the Lamb of God is slain to bring salvation to you, at the heart of it, he gives you himself. At the heart of your life and my life, if we're going to be his disciples, he wants to give us the Eucharist.
not just the scripture, not just the teaching of the church, not all the good things that we believe and do, at the heart of it, he wants to give you himself in the Eucharist. How much does God love you? God died for you. How much does God love you? Jesus, the Son of God, gives you his full self in one and only one way through the Eucharist. I can't push that at us enough. The second big thing in the Last Supper that the Gospel of John in this liturgy pushes on us is that at that Last Supper, Jesus shows one thing. He does something that's initially bizarre. He wraps a towel around himself, and he goes around to his disciples, including Judas, and he washes their feet. What we know of our Jewish tradition, a slave in a Jewish household could not be told to wash other people's feet. Even a slave, if that's true, could not be told by anyone to wash other people's feet. The Son of God, before he goes to die for you, shows you one thing. He completely takes a sacrificial position, a humble position. He serves, which is love. The one thing of all the things he could show you before he dies for you, when he gives you himself in the Eucharist, is he takes a self-sacrificing position of humility and serves Judas, which is love. And Jesus says to those disciples, I'm the master, I'm the teacher. If I do this, you ought to do this. When the Son of God goes to die and save you, what does he give you? He gives you himself, his full self in one way in the Eucharist. When the Son of God goes to die for you, what does he ask you? One thing, himself. He asks you, to imitate him, his full self. He gives you his full self. He asks of you his full self. And who is his full self? Come tomorrow. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to stpatrickparish.com.